Tommy Lorenzo. And this is Pop Style Opinion Fest. Hello, kittens. Welcome back to another edition of the PSO. I am the T in your T-Lo, Tom Fitzgerald. And I'm here with the low in your T-Lo, Lorenzo Marquez, my lovely husband. Hello. How are you? I'm fine. We Th- are. Thanks for having me. Oh, <laughs> my pleasure. Thanks for coming. <laughs> um... We are in the middle of our little mini book thing going on oh right now. God. Last night, we did a virtual event for the History Project of Boston, uh, documenting LGBTQ uh, Boston. And that was actually a lot of fun. It was almost that an was hour amazing. and a half. And um, it was the first time in at least oh six months mm-hmm. since we got to talk about the book, which um, I was a little nervous going into it. I was like, we haven't actually been on top of like, we have to read the book, our talking (laughs) points or whatever, you know, you feel like you're going to get rusty. And then you know what, you just start talking and you realize all of this stuff is in me when you write that stuff, it, it doesn't leave you. Right. Um, Uh, It was a lot of fun. Um, Thank you. You know, Thank everyone for, for, thank the history project. And thank you for everyone for attending. Uh, I believe the video will be going up on YouTube at some point, at which point we will put it mm-hmm. on our site. But it was fun because a lot of people were commenting and, and asking questions as, at the same time. Yeah. It was just fun. It was a lot of fun. A lively crowd. Yes, it was. And friendly crowd. So it, that was awesome. And yes. interested crowd. So. And we are leaving tomorrow to go to D.C. where we, we will be appearing at the Riggs Hotel at uh, 4 p.m. tomorrow, there's still time for you to uh, RSVP. You can go to our site and click on the legendary tag. It has all the information. But, um, yes, we're doing that on Saturday, tomorrow, the 26th. And then on Wednesday, the 30th, we will be in Las Vegas. Yes. And, of course, all of this happened just as our cat, Miss Mew Mew, had to be put on twice daily thyroid <laughs> medication because that is our life. But thankfully we have a friend. We didn't yeah. want to do, she's fine. She's fine. She's We're fine. She's going to have a procedure when we get back. Um, but she passed all her tests. In fact, the reason she's going to have the procedure is because she passed all her tests and her heart. Her numbers are, are fine. The, the, yeah. The, yeah. There's aside from that, there's nothing wrong with her. So, so she won't be on twice daily medication for her whole life, but she is for this part of the summer. And we didn't want to board her and put her in a cage somewhere and have someone take care of her because our girl would not have handled that well at all. And um, we didn't, I don't know, this all happened so quickly. I don't think we really gave the thought to someone hire, because we've had people come in when we went on vacation to scoop our litter and feed right. the cats. But instead, we went with a friend. Our good friend Greg is coming and he's going to stay with, with the cats for yeah, basically uh, an entire week. And he's had cats and he loves cats. So, and it's nice. It's nice to have someone in the house all the time sleeping with them as opposed they to. They all love him. Yeah. They all love him. So I'm, 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 I'm glad he's, he's doing this for us. And it, I mean, it's liquid medicine. You have to pick her up and use a little syringe and squirt it into her mouth. And thankfully, she is yeah, she's a okay. super chill yeah. girl. She hates it, but um, she lets you do it. So anyway, um, and that's our life. That's yes. what our whole Friday is because um, we're frantically cleaning up the place because we're going to have a house guest thing for gonna a have... week and no one's even been in this place. I know. We're, we're cleaning the place, making sure we have everything. We're buying food for him. We're just like yeah. doing everything. Everything at once. <laughs> it's insane. And of course, we waited until today to record this podcast when we should have done it earlier in the week. 
Howevs, this is Ben, Tom, and Lorenzo's bitching hour. Oh, we start every single podcast with 10 minutes of us bitching about know, how but, busy but we we're are. We're very excited about DC and we're very excited about Vegas. And DC is special. We love the city. And um, we had a, such a great crowd last time we were there. We mm-hmm. still talk about it. So thank you for RSVPing and then making sure that, you know, you, you making the time to see us. So that's yes. perfect. I appreciate it. We very really much. do appreciate it. Um, okay, so we have a few things to get off our chests as per the usual. Um, we're all over the map today. We're going to be talking about a TV show. We're going to be talking about a queer issue. We said we were going to do one every week during Pride Month, and it just so happened that someone handed us a topic this week. And then we're going to talk about the big celebrity story of the week. Um, I don't know why I'm being so mysterious. We're going to talk about Carl Nassim's coming out. And we're also going to talk about Britney Spears's shocking, shocking testimony this week. I did not think I had it in me to be shocked by anything in the celebrity world. But I am reeling from this. And we'll get into that. But first... You want to talk about uh, Kevin can go f himself on AMC? Yes, uh, we. I watched it, and um, here's the story. I watched it, uh, and I was very confused. First of all, I didn't know anything about it except that you know it, it was Annie Murphy from Shit's Creek is in it. Right, it was, was in it. So I just started watching. I was like, oh, they're going for the uh, vintage, you know, sitcom sitcom type of. Uh, situation here and i was like all right sound it works uh and then it got very very boring because i understand that's that's the way they did it they did the old-fashioned uh sitcom type of uh uh, dialogue and everything but it was just boring to watch and the jokes were just boring everything was boring and then it turned and i was like all right okay let's see where it's going um but i'm still confused watch the whole thing and i'm still confused well i mean i guess it would, I mean, yeah, it would be confusing if you didn't know what the show was about going into it. I we had, uh, I had seen the trailers. In fact, we put the trailers on our site. You might right. have forgotten. Um, so I knew it was going to be what it was, and in effect, it was uh, Annie Murphy is the main character, and um, part of her life is seen through a lens that makes it look like a classic sitcom where she is a long-suffering wife to a lazy, obnoxious husband, and then. Uh, there are times throughout the story when the entire style mm-hmm. of it changes, usually right. when she is alone and her husband isn't around, and it turns into this dark, grim sort of drama. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's this, you know, massive shift. I get it. I don't I don't have a problem understanding it. Uh, she uh, lives in a sitcom, and the, basically the story is telling you to, to live in a sitcom as, as the wife is hellish it is a hellish existence so it's a commentary on sitcoms at the same time uh the whole thematically what what you're looking at the the problems that she has in the story and her life is absolutely freaking miserable that's my main problem with it is it's a rather joyless show uh i can take that it's a drama you know with comedic elements Mm -hmm. to it but i it it just i feel like you're wasting annie murphy I don't expect her to play Alexis Rose for the rest of her life. In fact, I love that she did this enormous swerve. She's playing a working class uh, woman from Worcester, Massachusetts, and she's got the accent and there's no glamour to her at all. She works in a liquor store. Um, So I like that she made this swerve. And I think the show has an interesting, it's 
thematically similar to WandaVision right. in the sense that it I is felt, a woman yeah. going through something very dark and serious, and she is processing it like a sitcom. Mm-hmm. So you're looking at it through her, her eyes, and her perspective keeps changing. Um, because as she talks, I only saw the first episode. Did you see the second? Mm-hmm. Oh, you did see the second. Yes. All right. So I did, I can't speak to the second, but in the first episode where she's talking to the neighbor, mm-hmm. the f- female neighbor who kind of hates her, um, you get that she's, I mean, her husband's an asshole and everything, and she needs to get out of that marriage, but she is also the tragic figure here because she's delusional. Mm-hmm. She's delusional about what her life is and what her life can be. And that, so there's all these different layers where you're seeing this very grim version of her life. You're seeing this very sitcom version of her life. And then she has these fantasy sequences where she is living in a perfect home in a dress with it. So there's like three different versions of her. Right. Um, and the further you get away from reality, the more idealized her image of herself gets. So there is a lot going on I there. I was going to say that it's just a lot to take. Um and it's the kind of sitcom that I can't stand. I can't stand those. Jokes. It's not a sitcom. But well, the part that is supposed to be a you're sitcom supposed in to your hate head. it. All right. Well, but then you hate it too much to the point that you don't want to watch it anymore. That's my take. Um, I agree. The part that it's not sitcom is actually very interesting. I enjoy it very much. But when it goes back to the sitcom portion, uh, I'm I just can't stand it. Um, it's not that I can't, I mean, you're supposed to hate it. You're supposed to hate all the people that are in that sitcom, her husband, her husband's father, everybody, right. every character, stock character that walks into that set are, are kind of loathsome. They all treat her like a dog. It's a commentary again on how sitcom wives right, are right. treated. Um, and you know, it's the typical sitcom marriage where he's, you know, I'll be blunt. He's kind of a fat, slob, obnoxious slob and she's gorgeous. Right. And he treats her like shit. Um, so yeah, I don't know if I want to relive that My issue <laughs> as with, my entertainment. Yeah. My issue with it is it's a really interesting concept. Everybody is executing it fairly well, but there's just no joy in this show. Right. It's just dour. Um, I understand that it, you know, it's a dramatic look at her life and, but even so there are in the scenes in the quote unquote real world, the non-sitcom world, they are still played for comedy like she does coke in the first uh mm-hmm. episode and and she slaps that guy and and it's a very andy murphy moment after she slaps him where she's like oh my god i'm so sorry so they're trying to play the real world there's something like a dark com but it's not coming across as dark comedy it's just my god everything about this woman's life blows mm-hmm. terribly and she's delusional on top of everything else what it for a brief moment it reminded me of that um what was that Laura Dern show on HBO? Enlightened. Oh, yes. Where show, it, it was a fascinating, fascinating look at her. And, and Laura Dern did an amazing job. And the writing was so touching. But that character was so delusional at times that it was just very hard to watch. It was painful to watch someone who just really wasn't dealing right. with reality well. Um, so that's my take. I only saw the first one. You saw both. And you don't seem... It's on AMC. I here's how I feel about it. I think I need to see more. And I think after, after I watched the two episodes, I went online and I read some of the uh, reviews and they all said kind of the same thing that you still need to know what, what's going to happen next. I mean, it, it, it feels, it's not very clear. I totally agree. It's a great concept with an interesting cat. Like I have to admit, uh, everybody in, in the, the, the sitcom version of her life, 
Um, they look like they. Oh they, my god, it's perfect. They nail it in it's terms perfect. of a yes. parody of a certain kind of I acting, agree. a certain kind of character. They nail every the, single the, one. The, the annoying the dumb setting, guy, everything. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it is really smart, mm-hmm. but it hasn't quite reached entertaining for me. Quite entertaining for me quite yet. I don't want to use my Philadelphia accent. I think the problem I have is just that it wasn't very clear soon enough. To me. See, I mean, you you watched it cold, and I really don't think it was meant to be watched well, cold. Well, why not? That's television. You mm. turn it on and you watch something. I mean, when did we need That's to... That's what trailers are for. No, well, no, I disagree. So when do we need information before we watch something to enjoy? No. Oh, honey, it's 2021. No, I disagree. Come now. Anyway, um, uh, I watched a ton of things on Netflix that I just turned on and like it, don't like it, five minutes later. Anyway, I, I really tried because I love her. I think she's great and she's funny and uh, I'm rooting for her actually because, you know, I hope she has a great career after, uh, you know, the show. Uh, she's uh, a creek. Yes. Anyway, um, we'll see. I'll, I will watch a little more and, and let's see how it, where it goes. All righty then. I think yeah. that is everything we have so to say. So let us know. If you watch it, let us know what you think. Yes. Um... Uh, oh, and I just want to say, real, I was just going to say, I, I wish we had time to write a review, but this week is with, no. It, it's insane. With all this, you know, crazy little minor book tour stuff. It's all going to be over in five days. But uh, I also want to do a shout out if you are a subscriber to our newsletter. Thank you so much. And also thank you for your patience, because I don't think we're getting anything out until next week. Because of this trip. So I'm sorry, but... We apologize. Um, but it has to be good. It has something that we believe in before we... Well, you know, I was we going... To, in. <laughs> no, that's true. Um, and I was going... We were talking about doing a write-up on Carl Nassib when he came out. But it's just, you know, three right. events in, in a six-day period. It's like, oh, I don't have time to write a 2000... Oh, and then Drag Race All-Stars came out and dropped two episodes... <laughs> Like right. the forces of entertainment were really working against us this week. But anyway, everybody's working really hard, like, you know, to just do things. Yes. Uh, it's just very busy. Everything it's is very busy. Very busy time. Um, but I'm not too busy to talk to you about Uncommon Goods. Uncommon Goods is honestly, you just have to check it out. It's an online shop filled with unique, totally unexpected gifts. And when I say unexpected, I mean truly original things you won't find anywhere else. That's we, true. we've talked before. We already bought the. Um, they were these um, Lotus cocktail glasses, and I actually they have the nicest cocktail glasses. They like do. I could they go do. a little crazy over there. And we got Lorenzo the monogram cheese wheel with the compartments, and he is in love with that. And we actually haven't had a chance to entertain oh, with it yet. Well, so. with my friend now. Well, Greg. actually, yeah. yeah, Greg is coming. But I uh, went over to their site this morning, and I didn't realize they have all these like salts and seasonings and stuff for cooks and bakers. And I'm mm-hmm. like, ooh, I might go a little crazy over there. It's just a great one-stop shop that has any any kind of gift that you would need for anybody. Uh, So if you're getting bombarded with with wedding and bridal shower invites and want to step up your gift game, Uncommon Goods has created personalized and really fun gifts for couples, especially couples who already have everything. Like us. There you go. Like us. 
Jesus. So if anyone wants to buy us a gift. Uh, Uncommon Goods is also introducing, this is really cool, is also introducing Uncommon Experiences. Choose from live online classes in mixology, cooking, flower arranging, and embroidery from hand-picked artists and experts. That's kind of fun. That's fun. Yeah. Uncommon Goods looks for products that are high quality, unique, and often handmade or made in the U.S. They don't sell products made with leather, feathers, or fur. So yay to that. And with every purchase you make at Uncommon Goods, they give $1 back to a nonprofit partner of your choice. They've donated more than $2 million to date. So to get 15% off your next gift, go to UncommonGoods.com slash T-L-O. That's UncommonGoods.com slash T-L-O for 15% off. Don't miss out on this limited time offer. Uncommon goods, we're all out of the ordinary. And yes. that is and that a is, great tagline, whoever it, wrote that. And that is true, because you go to their site, and everything is so different and unique. and, and, and You interesting. can browse it for hours. Right. Because I hate when you go online, and, and all the, the stores have the same stuff. And right. That's not the case with no. them. They really have unique things. and That you never see anywhere yes, else. Yes, exactly. Okay, sipping my tea, having gotten that out of the way first... Let's, um, all right, let's talk about Carl Nassib. Now, yes. um, if you've listened to us or paid attention to us for any length of time, you know that we are not sporty gays. Um, no. No, we're not, we don't talk about sports. We're not into the world of sports. People keep asking us to cover athletes who are, right. you know, because they make these great fashion choices. And I, they do make great fashion choices. But if I don't know them, I am, and I'm writing from a place of ignorance, I am just looking... We're just looking like idiots. You always got to stick with what you know. Anyway, Carl Nassib, uh, or Nassib, is the Las Vegas Raiders defensive end, and he came out this week. He came out on Monday uh, through a video on Instagram, and, um, you know, us being us, 2021 being what it is, social media being what it is, the times being what they are, um, it instantly became weird for a bunch of people. But I just want to first say why... It's important when someone like Carl Nassib mm-hmm. comes out. He is the first active NFL player to come out. Um, and that is significant. Um, as well, We were talking about this before we flipped on the mics. And I was like, you know, we're outside it. We're not sporty gays. And I have to say that my family, um, who, I mean, I, some of them follow football and some of them don't. My extended family. But we didn't come from a football family, not by any stretch right. of the name. It wasn't something I grew up with. Um, and sometimes we forget how, I mean, Lorenzo and I forget how endemic football is to American Mm -hmm. culture because it really isn't something we take part in or anything. Um, so for me, I look at this and, you know, Carl Nassib is, uh, he's like six foot seven. He has this incredibly deep voice, square jawed, perfect looking, you know what I mean? He's like this and I don't want to be shallow, um, but that actually has an effect when someone who looks like that and sounds like that comes out. Um, when you're young, a little gay boy, and you haven't figured out what you are yet, and, and I realize that I'm speaking from an experience that goes back 40 years, like young, young gay boys in 2021 are going to have it differently. However, football culture is also, um, in many ways, a... Um, it exists side by side with conser- mm-hmm. conservative culture in America. So someone like Carl Nassib is coming out to a conservatively oriented crowd mm-hmm. who 
upholds yes. masculine ideals. And for him to come out to that crowd, specifically to the little boys in that crowd, that is changing perspective simply by virtue of who he is and what status he has. And I'll, 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 and I'll say this, uh, because... Well, we st- I still see that online on social media, the whole thing. And does it matter? Do we still care about coming out? Yes, we do. Yeah, this is what I'm addressing. Y- yes, we do. Because coming out is not the same. Uh, you know, it varies from family to family, to culture to culture, to, to, uh, to state to state, from state to state in this country. I mean, it, it's different. I mean, it, it it's not the same. Uh, in some parts of this country and the world, I mean, it's, it is still a big deal um, and sometimes even dangerous. Uh, so when someone comes out famous like that, um, playing sports, um, looking it, like that, looking like that, it is, it is a big deal. It, it is. is. It is. It is. It's different in a way. And, you know, for, for that type of people, conservative who think that only a certain type of people comes out. You know? Right. Now, in saying that, that doesn't elevate him. He doesn't have greater status because he looks a certain way or because he represents a certain masculine ideal. It just means that he is appealing to a segment of the population. He is Mm -hmm. sending a message to a segment of the population that wouldn't be open to receiving it if my big gay voice was delivering it. You know what I mean? The fact that Carl Nassib can say... Not only say, hey, I just want to say that I'm... The way that he said it, the way it was like, it was so matter of fact, want to tell mm-hmm. you that my life is great, I'm a really happy guy, I've been meaning to do this for a while. Like, that has weight and value for, you know, for when you're not preaching to the choir. This is yes. what we're going to get to in a little bit, which is the way the gay community reacted to this versus the way um, the sports community reacted to it. The sports community reacted to it largely in a very good way. The NFL reacted really well. The, the Raiders acted really well. I read that, that his jersey sold out. Had like, sold out, yeah. exactly. So the sports community stepped up and really supported him. And <laughs> the gays, okay. <laughs> Um, which I'll get to in a second. Um, I want to, here's one thing I want to put right out there. It shouldn't matter, but the people most likely to resort to this stereotype about gay people are other gay people. So let me just put this out here right now. I don't think he's hot. He's not my type at all. I am not no, defending I don't, I don't him think so. because yeah, he's agree. some deep voiced no. football player. That is not my type a hundred thousand percent and he's young enough to be my son that's not what's going on here but the gays all this week it was just every white gay just wants to fuck him and they're all defending him and lorenzo we've been saying the f word on this podcast for six (laughs) years i don't know why you're suddenly acting shocked when i do it you know he did it one time during a live read (laughs) oh my god for a a sponsor and we had to trash the whole podcast. i'm like you cannot say the f word during a live no (laughs) we had to trash it and start all over you have to explain the whole thing it's just because there were a lot of stuff going on uh the cats were annoying me and i just got very irritated and i read the piece and i dropped an f (laughs) they're fucking great and i'm like lorenzo (laughs) why are you telling them this story but it was actually funny because it was was really funny but we had to trash about a half hour because like yeah it's fucking great the product but it might even have been the sponsor that i just I read no anyway 
But it was funny. But we <laughs> the look you gave me. But we couldn't use it. Obviously, uh, the things that go on behind the scenes. Anyway, so I just wanted to put that out there. Number one, if anybody thinks I'm defending him because he's white, or and I mean that that's not a charge I can answer to, but. I can answer to the charge that I'm defending him because I think he's hot. Nope, don't think he's hot at all. He's uh, this huge, gigantic... No, not my thing at all. Um, hmm. And I'm not even defending him. Um, well, here's what what he's being... You know, why I'm saying he needs to be defended. People uh, in the gay community, especially online, got really upset when it came out that he's a registered Republican. And there are pictures of him posing with guys wearing Trump T-shirts on his social media. And oh, I mean, really? yeah, people found this stuff like within an of hour course. of his coming out. And then it turned into this whole we don't need guys like him. And, you know, only the white gays are uh, defending him and blah, blah, blah. And this is what I kind of want what I wanted to address this week. A couple weeks ago or maybe a couple months ago, time has no meaning anymore. But when Colton uh, Underwood came out mm-hmm. and we talked about him on this and I said, even though he um, overstated his qualifications for this role, he talked about, and I talked about, what it means when a guy who looks like that comes out. And mm-hmm. I just alluded to that earlier. When I was young, I I looked like a kid. I still look like a guy who should have been playing football. I look like a football coach now. But when I was young, I, and I always looked this way. I was always one of the biggest kids in my class. Um, and... Um, sports to me, because I was a little sissy boy, even before I had a word for myself, knowing that I was gay, it was a sense of real tension mm-hmm. for me. Because, Like a lot of gay boys. Some gay boys are really into sports, of course, because we're talking about an NFL player right now. But for a lot of us, it's a source of tension. And it took me many years and decades to unpack why it was a source of tension for me. And it largely it was because... When you're that age, like Little League or, or junior varsity football or whatever, um, you just know on some level that all the traditional boy stuff doesn't seem to apply to you, even if you can't put a word right. to it. It just feels alien to you. It's And I can say, I've said this before, I've never been, I've never had gender dysphoria. I've always been, I've always been male and I've never questioned that, but um like a lot of young gay boys, and I know young gay women have had the same feeling, like dolls and dresses didn't feel right for them. Or it made them nervous, you know, because, and that's what it is. It makes you nervous because you fear, fear you're going to be found out. Right. If I play football and I fail at it, they're going to know that I'm a sissy. And if they know that I'm a sissy, they're going to know, you know, that's what your eight, nine-year-old right. mind is thinking. If you don't do those things, you know, if right. you're not part of that song and dance, it, right. then, then there's something wrong with you and they're going to find out. Exactly. And the and the reason I grew up and all little gay boys up until now grew up thinking on some level, thinking that way about things like football is mm-hmm. because there were no gay football players. This is what yeah. I mean about the power that someone like him has uh, in this situation. And he he fully addressed that. He said, I want to do this because I think representation right. is important. Right. And then he posted statistics on his social media about how every public figure that comes out decreases, you know, self-harm and suicide right. among gay kids. And he came out and donated a hundred thousand right. dollars donated to, money he showed the statistics i mean he did a good job you know he not trying to turn him into a no, hero absolutely not and yes it's from my perspective and for most gay people in america because we do skew wildly liberal there are 
conservative gays, but they no matter what they tell you, there's still a really small portion of the gay population still. Um, it is a shame to me that he probably voted for Trump. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm uh, not thrilled that um, he's a Republican, but I'm also not surprised. He's a white guy from Westchester, PA, right. who plays for the NFL. I, like, everything about him says conservative. Right. I, it, it's a shame to me, specifically. <laughs> but, you know, that if he's a Republican and if you voted for Trump. But at the same time, I kind of like it just a tiny little bit to confuse them even more. <laughs> that a, they said, I mean, uh, <laughs> conservatives supported him. They oh, really? came out because oh, they okay. knew that the gays were mad at him. So oh, there you go. Yeah, I mean, it. This is what I mean. It becomes this battering ram. And honestly, I don't think he deserves this. He has not come out. He's never made like pro-Trump statements. The, the only political statement he has made was about the Trevor Project and representation for gay kids. So I'm not. I'm not ready to vilify him, but I. Also, want I want to make it clear we don't have to call him a hero. Right. We can say he did a really great thing. He handled it really well, and he is going to have an effect by right. virtue of who he is. And also, he's not Harvey Milk. He's not Marsha P. Johnson, and we don't have to pretend that he is. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, and I was going to say not every representation has to be about you. It, exactly. Exactly. Um. um He's still doing, it's a net good that this guy has come out. And when I watched gay activists and gay writers and gay journalists just go after him, and I mean, I saw someone on social media say that he contributed to tens of thousands of deaths. And I'm like, this sort of rhetoric, who do you freaking think that helps? That sort of rhetoric. You think that's going to change his mind? Do you think any Republican reading that or conservative reading that is going to listen to anything you have to say? What good does that serve? It does not serve the gay community. It does not serve any sort of liberal cause. Um, You need to, I mean, people need to accept that there are different flavors of, I guess maybe I'm coming at this because of our book, because we've been talking about our book so much lately, and the idea that um, there's just such a wide array of queerness out there. There's no way to define what gay is, what queer is. Um, in in one single image. Um, so yeah, here we have this guy shattering all these ideas about masculinity, but at the same time challenging the idea of what uh, a, a gay man in in America is supposed to be like. You and, know, and it's fine if you don't agree with it. I, I don't. don't agree with him, right. but I can say, look, he did a good thing, and this is a good thing. Like. End of story. A good thing. Let's not harass the shit out of the guy because what. What does that serve? Did he vote for Trump? Well, guess what? Him and 74 million other Americans did. What are you going to do? Yell at all of them? What's that going to do? Um, I, I know... That's not the way to approach that. That's not how politics no, is talked about no. anymore. Uh, I'm not talking about forgiving people or making common cause with racists, because that's usually where this all goes immediately. I'm simply stating the reality of the situation. There are gay people who voted for Trump. There are 74 million Americans who voted for Trump. We can't just denounce people like that. It serves no possible good. Um, And you can separate things. You can congratulate him and at the same time criticize him for voting for Trump. Exactly. But it does nothing wrong with that. We can't say he's not, you know, he's not part of our community. We can't reject what he did this week because he actually did something good. Right. That's all I'm saying about him. I know that I'm courting some controversy here and it makes me sound like I'm a white guy defending a white gay defending another white gay. But look, 
How hard did we come down against Colton Underwood when he tried to pull this nonsense? When he tried to pull this, I'm the masculine football player who's going to appeal to children. And we were like, no, because you're a mess. It's not that I can't (laughs) criticize white gays, but Colton is a mess. He stalked a girl. He was blackmailed into coming out because he was found in a bathhouse. Like, you're not the, you're not helping. Someone like Carl Nassib, whether you want to believe it or not, middle class and working class boys all across this, or conser- boys growing up in conservative enclaves like Westchester, PA, they're seeing that. They're seeing this this gay guy playing football, right. and it cha- it's helping them understand a broader, more nuanced version of the world. So it's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. Welcome, Carl. I agree. Please, please, please consider voting Democrat next there election. You go. And that's the end. Well, of maybe that. now that he's out, sometimes that that's part of the not whole the thing. way the community freaking attacked him this week. Well, I mean, we'll see. That's just it. Like, what do you think? I listen. I realize that I just said that we shouldn't put him on a pedestal and everything like that. But imagine if he was the grand marshal of a pride parade. Right. I, you know, that would be powerful, people. He is an NFL player. What if he and all the his team did a pride parade in Las Vegas? You know what I mean? Like, you can't cut this stuff out because it doesn't fit with your conception of what queer people are supposed to be. It, it, help, it doesn't help anybody. It doesn't help queer people. Uh, and it doesn't help straight people understand queer people. You're just looking at the clock. No, I'm just checking mm, the just time. Just checking your nails. <laughs> <laughs> Lorenzo thinks I can't read him like a book. All right, moving on to Brittany. Brittany, Brittany. Go. Mm. Oh, me? Why? Yeah. No, I, I... Brittany Spears, um, she appeared in uh, via telephone in court this right. week to contest her conservatorship. Say, you need me. You tell me to shut no, up. No, but- the thing is that uh, for a long time, she's she's been on Instagram being these wonderful smiley person with videos dancing and happy you and know, telling her fans not to worry about and her. telling her fans not to worry about that what they read out there is not entirely true etc etc so you know you have this picture and all of a sudden you you read about her making a phone call and and telling everyone all these stories which are horrible um and i guess the fans number one need an apology <laughs> Because they've been supporting her and saying that, you know, things are going bad and that, you know, people are just not talking about it. And then she came out and said all these things. And I was shocked with everything she said, number one. I was also um, surprised and, and, you know, pleased that she had the strength to say all these things, you know, to come out and say all these things. Uh, I mean, it's not an easy thing to do. And then maybe, I hope not, because there's so much uh, news about it, and there so many people are talking about it, that I hope it doesn't affect uh, any judging, you know, on, you know, in terms of her situation. But my point is that by saying all these things, you know, I hope she's not, uh, it's, it, it's not hurting her, you know, in a way. Well, um, let's review a little bit of what she said. Um, she uh, came out hard against her conservatorship for the first time right. and really, really came out hard against her family. Like, she damned them, mm-hmm. and she said if she had the chance, she would sue them. Her own family. She, she said talk- her father should be in jail, right? Isn't that what she said? I don't know. Did I she? Think, I think that's what she said. Um, 
she uh, she mentioned that um, she has had an IUD forcibly put into her and she can't take it out without uh, permission from essentially her father. This woman is going to be 40 this right. year. And I need to... I had to take a step back when all, I, I really truly was shocked when this came, when this testimony came out. Oh, you, you can play some or all of the audio and you can read the transcript because it's really raw. Um, and she, Brittany for oh, 20 years now has been so behind a wall. Right. Uh, and I mean, even before this came out, I think that was a general understanding that no one was really getting the true Brittany because she was so guarded. Um, and I felt like, well, that makes, why wouldn't she be guarded? She had a public meltdown. The, the press treated her terribly. The public treated her terribly. Um, so it was, for me, number one, a shock to see her so unguarded and so raw in her emotions and so angry. Like, she kept saying, I'm angry. I'm furious. Right. Uh, this was very un like And when, you know, all of the... If you were to read the transcript of what she said, she's there are parts where she's all over the map, and she's she might not even be making a sense. Right. And if you listen to the trans, you listen to the recording. There are times they had to tell her to slow down a couple of times, and and her talking, her speaking was somewhat erratic, I would say. And people were trying to point to that and say things, but um, I don't think Brittany, even in this testimony, I don't think Brittany contests the idea that she has has ongoing mental health issues that need monitoring and medication. Right. I think she's fairly clear she's not claiming otherwise she is however saying that she wants to end the conservatorship without an evaluation and i was reading some legal opinions this morning and most of them said that's not likely to happen that's not gonna happen you can't you have to have the judge has to go on something right and in order to to end you have to have some now there's questions as to what that evaluation will be and how much control she might be able to have on who they choose uh, because she has claimed that everybody they've been sending her to, she she even wants to fire her attorney and get a different attorney. I am prepared to say that, yes, she sounds a little erratic. Um, but she doesn't sound like... She's clearly of sound mind. Mm-hmm. Um, she is clearly beyond functional because, as she kept pointing out, she has been working a grinding schedule supporting hundreds of people making millions of dollars for two decades. That is not a non-functioning person. Right, right. And if it was implied like they had a pumper full of all these, well, if they did, she wouldn't have been able to do these right. things. I am sure that there are cases out there that they need full control. Some people need full control. Of course. I, I, I'm sure there are cases like that, but clearly it's not her case. What I read is that the people who need the kind of control she is under are either severe dementia and right. old age or severe developmentally disabled. Like they... they they're developmentally disabled. Right. They literally can't do these things. It, it sounds like she has no control or no saying whatsoever. They said they wouldn't is... let her pick pick out the color of her kitchen cabinets. You kidding me? No. I, I they that said part. they wrote up a report because she cursed in front of her kids, who are, I believe, teenagers at this point. These are not reasons to right. question anyone's capability. That's crazy. And no pun intended. And. Even if she is erratic in her speech and sometimes her thoughts are, are, you know, get ahead of her, which seemed pretty obvious in, in when you listen to her. Um, hello, Kanye. What? 
like Charlie Sheen, how many male celebrities have gone completely round the bend in right. public and they le- never lost control of their millions? Um, and I don't even think they should. Like, I don't believe Kanye should lose control of him. He's not, he's erratic and I believe he's got mental health issues, but he's clearly capable. Right. And the same can be said of her. Um, and also the fact that it's been forever. It, it, not it, only that, but she. I went back to look at, wait, what exactly did, did she do? And I'm, it's really, there's no incidents of her um, harming other, being violent against other people. Not really. I mean, there's that um, famous umbrella picture. Well, and even, there's not even many reports of things like self-harm or right. suicidal ideation. There's nothing like that in her history. She, as my understanding is that she's bipolar. Well, guess what? There are... <laughs> How many functioning bipolar people out in the world who right. nobody has to take control of their, uh, as long as she is, you know, whatever medication is required to keep her, you know, stable and functional. And as long as she's seeing um, occasional, you know, she checks in with a professional mm-hmm. now and then she gave no end. I'm not, a, obviously I'm not an expert, but she I don't even have to assess by that whether or not she's sane. I only have to, or whether she's mentally healthy. I only have to assess whether she sounds of sound mind and capable. And she clearly is. Like, that's the bottom line. It does sound like she can have some control. She should be able to, she should be able to take out an IUD if she wants. That's insane. Right. Well, they, I read somewhere that they, they did that because she's on, on, I forget what medication, and and she can't get pregnant, and that's why. But it it, it doesn't explain. It's it all. all dicey as hell. Yes, yeah. It it doesn't justify. It, let me put it this way. Um, it it does sound like, yes, maybe some some decisions need to be made, but at the same time, it does sound like she could be part of those decisions that she could have some control of the whole thing. And right now, it doesn't sound like she has any control at all. Like I said, it comes down to what she has accomplished and done with her life in this period where supposedly she had no... I mean, she was right. productive. She kept hundreds of people employed. It's just... It, it's, 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 I, she's actually, I, I keep saying this because it's true. She's very brave to do... She, she I, was very brave. I totally agree. Because it can screw her up, you know? Like, mm-hmm. maybe the judge will just go back to whatever and then now she's the whole thing is exposed and her family you know could he treat her even worse so it's 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 a very tricky and 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 dangerous situation for her to be in but at the same time i you know i admire her courage to come out and 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 and, and she said apparently she recorded this so that the public, her fans would would have some information but apparently there's a lot more that yeah. she's not even revealing um, she was the one that asked for this to be public. She wanted right. the public to know about it because for 20 years, she's been keeping her mouth shut. Right. Um, and it seems to me that people were not giving her the information because she said she didn't know that all this time, she didn't know that she could appeal to have her conservatorship ended, oh which is something that obviously everyone should have told her. Right. She didn't know that she could ask for a different attorney. Like, this is why I, as I said to Lorenzo last night, I was like, this is honestly one of the most shocking celebrity right. scandals I think I've ever seen play out in real time. I, I mean, okay, it doesn't top OJ, but uh, in terms of revelation, like, right. we've watched Britney for the last 20 years, just, you know, Las Vegas residency, and, and she did television shows, and she concerts and tours and albums all came out. And to hear... 
after all this time that while this was all going on, she was being exploited on a level. I honestly am, I hate to sound naive because I, I always like to think I'm fairly cynical about the world of celebrity, but I'm like, I, this sounds like something from a hundred years ago in Hollywood. This, this idea of right. drugging up a starlet and making her, forcing her to work and putting her in, on birth control against her. This sounds like something from 1920s Hollywood. Sounds like Judy uh, Garland it's, type It sounds of worse yeah. than Judy Garland. And I, that's actually what made me think, I'm like, yeah, Judy Garland, they did a lot of shit to that girl too, but this has been going on for 20 years. Right, right. They didn't sterilize well, Judy that's Garland. The, that's the thing. If you made a decision back, it was, well, well, I forget when they made the decision. It was like 2003 or something. Yeah, so something it was like, like 18, that. 19 years. I mean, okay, but then it, it never ends. Yeah. I mean, it, it's never revised or... <laughs> and her family is making millions off of right? her? Right, I mean... Treating her like a cash They're just going to have cow? this until the end of, you know, until, until she, she dies? Drops? I mean, come on. Um, Makes no, no it, sense. It well, it does make sense. It's pure exploitation on a level. Like I said, I I really wasn't thinking. N- not Britney Spears, like not on that level. She is world famous. Right. She is single first Adored name famous. Many, you many, only many. have yeah. to say Britney, and everybody knows who that is. So this is like finding out that Cher has been or Madonna. I know has been you know under lock and key for the last twenty years. That yeah, it's shocking. It is really shocking. I know the Free Britney crowd, her fan base, has been saying this for years, and I believe I may even have dismissed them in the past, or not dismissed them, but thought that they were overreacting a bit. Right. I believe the last time we talked about this, when the documentary about her came out, we did maintain a slightly skeptical, and I will maintain a little soup song of skepticism uh, in terms of... Right. I don't know how coached she was by, for, for instance, her boyfriend who wore a free Britney t-shirt the morning of her right. testament. I don't know. I don't know the story. But it's a part of the dialogue that we didn't know. It's a, it's, it's a bit of information that right. we didn't know, we didn't have. Um, so now you have the whole picture and let's see what happens. Yeah, I, uh, I know that a lot of legal experts are talking about how the conservatorship laws, especially in California, are just horrible. I, I read about and it. That it's this, insane, yeah. And that this might be um, uh, a sort of a watershed moment. It might allow for some actual change. But we'll see. I don't know. Do you have anything to add? No. No, no that's that's it. it. It's shocking. And, and I, I was angry, actually, because I was not expecting that. No. Um, it was just too much. Uh, and, and Again, I and whatever help she needs, uh, it doesn't amount to this, to that, to this, to that type of control, uh, you know, that much control. It it just doesn't. I don't see how it's defensible at all. And if they do want to argue that they should maintain this sort of control, then she should argue. Then I'm done. I'm retired. I'm not making another dime. Um, and I think she's probably prepared to do that. She's really pissed and i'm she's really yeah i'm i'm happy for her that she's getting this opportunity i hope she's healthy i hope she's got good people around her supporting her in this like her boyfriend or whomever we'll just have to see so uh yeah oh and the other thing was that uh everybody turned on perez hilton this week because he came out and he was like oh so brave and people were like girl fuck you like there was no (laughs) you can't do this at all, and the same thing with Justin Timberlake. He came out and everybody oh, I turned know. on him. Oh, I saw him. that one too. Yeah. Um, maybe you guys should just sh- mm-hmm. just be quiet. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I am still proud of the fact that when the documentary came out, 
we went back, I went back and looked at all our Britney coverage and thank God we never really did or said anything that I felt needed to be apologized for. Like we didn't attack her. We didn't call her a bad mother. Anytime we even brought up her personal life, it was more like concern in our comments. Yeah, there's like, something here type of yeah, thing. Like, um, yeah. Because, well, we, of course, most of our commentary was restricted to red carpets and Britney is nervous as hell on it. I, I have never seen her on a red carpet where she didn't look like she was standing in front of a firing squad. So it was always a commentary with like, oh, Brit, maybe you don't need to right. walk a step and repeat if you're finding it this stressful. Anyway, these are our thoughts on queer culture and celebrity and a TV show that we can't quite figure out. I know. I'll watch a little more. And... and- Come see us tomorrow. Come see us tomorrow in D.C. or yes. come see us Wednesday in Las Vegas. Yes. Go to our site, TomLorenzo.com, for all the details on that. All right. Um, so we're going to leave you now, and we'll be back next week with whatever crosses our eyes or crosses our desks. In the meantime, take care of yourselves. Love you. Mean it. Bye-bye.